everyone, and welcome. We are on episode three of the More Than a Classroom podcast with Mr. B. This week, we're going to be talking about the first week. Now, the first week of school, we were just talking last episode about pre-planning, um, how to basically set ourselves up for success, right? This week, I want to talk about the week is here. It's all of those emotions, right? We're glad to be back, but we're also kind of scared because we're not sure what's going on. And when I say we're we're scared, I'm not just talking about you guys, students. I'm talking about us teachers too. We all get a little bit anxious. We don't know what our group of kids is going to look like, right? We all sit and we, we might see one name that popped up. And we're like, oh no, my best friend who was a seventh grade teacher last year I'm an eighth grade teacher and here comes this kid that they said to be on the lookout for, right? What do we do when we get one of those kids? And are we going to let our preconceived notions about them affect the way that we treat those students? Hopefully the answer is no, right? Although I, I understand we're all human. We've all been there, done that. So first week of classes, my number one suggestion, start Every class, if you have, if you see seven periods of classes like I do, all seven periods of my class, well, six because I have planned period, but all six of those classes are going to start doing something other than reading off of a script. I know teachers, we have a list of stuff that we have to get done with every single class. We're talking about fire drills. We're talking about code red drills. We're talking about our email. We're talking about our syllabus, paperwork that needs to go home. I get it. I get it. I get it. However, students, the last thing that we want is to just be talked at for three straight days. Am I right? Yeah. I see some of you guys nodding your head. So some things that I like to start. I mean, I teach a singing class. I like to start every class singing, right? When we are in the middle, especially day one procedures, right? The last thing I want to do is stand up there and tell students, here's what we're doing, you know, every day, blah, blah, blah. Here's all these rules about the school. We want to talk to you about all that is fine. Listen, even if you only got 20 minutes, take the first five and just do that. You don't, I'll be honest. I don't even start the class with roll call. I'll do something fun right away. Some things that have worked for me, some games, and I'm not talking about name games. No kid wants to sit there and do a what's your name and what's a fun fact about you. Nobody nobody wants to do the here's what I did over the summer and say that to seven different teachers. They just don't. I'm sorry, no matter how fun your, your summer was, I, I'm going to mention that I got married and the kids are going to go, oh, that's so exciting, right? The sixth graders are going to want to know all about my new wife and What's her name and what's she like and is her hair pretty and um, are they going to get to meet her? Yes, all, all that will come in due time, right? But no kid, uh, sure, their first period teacher, they're going to want to tell them all about their summer. Second period teacher, maybe. Third period teacher, not really. Fourth period teacher, no, don't ask me about my summer. I don't want to tell you. I've already told the first three. Go ask my first three, first three teachers, right? Get the kids moving. A lot of teachers are not going to get the kids moving. They're going to sit down at their desk and they're going to learn whatever it is they're learning. Get them up. Get them talking to each other. I have a I have a bingo game that I have my kids play. It's called Getting to Know You Bingo. And it's just got little things on that. That way the kids can learn about what they did over the summer. Some of it is, you know, what's something you did. 
uh, and you have to check off. So you got to go up and you say, hi, my name is John. Oh, hi, my name is Sally. We're using the most generic names ever, right? So, hi, I'm so-and-so. Oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. Hey, do you by chance, um, are you left-handed? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. Uh, do you own a pet? Yeah, I do. I own a pet squirrel. Awesome. Great. And then add, and then you have to sign off and each of them has a unique signature and they have to go around the room and it rewards the kids. I usually go get a candy of their choice from like a gas station or something later on in the week for whoever wins. But it's great because then when the kids turn in their sheets, I will say, all right, everyone freeze. I'll make an announcement. And I'll say, all right, who signed their name with a blue heart? And someone will raise their hand. I'll say, hey, so what's your name? Oh, my name is um, Jacob. Awesome. Awesome. So, so Jacob, uh, it says here that you can uh, make a four-leaf clover with your tongue. Yep. And then, you know. Can we see it? And usually the kids, you know, they want to show that. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. And then you move on. You do that. You check in with everyone. And that's also a way for you to learn the kids' names, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, show some videos. Social, show some funny videos that have something to do with your content. Maybe you want to make one. Maybe you want to make a fun video before school starts that introduces who you are in a funny, goofy way. Maybe you want to show off your dogs or you want to say, you know, Here's what I looked like when I was your age. A lot of teachers like to do that. Super fun. And just do a little Q&A with the kids. I, I think me sitting down, one of my favorite things to do with the kids every year, I've been doing it since I started teaching. I was 24 years old when I took this job officially. And I sat down and I say, all right, who wants to guess how old I am? And I look older for my age. I, I probably looked about you know, 30, 35, maybe tops. But of course, middle school kids have no concept of that. So when they're sixth graders, you go, how old do you guys think I am? And I just go right down the line, let them all pick numbers. And a lot of them go 50. And you know, it's always funny. A kid will go uh, 60. And, and the kid will say, he's not 60. My dad's not even 60. And he's way younger than my dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. So it's it's funny. You get a lot of fun interactions. Do a Q&A. It also makes you seem human to the kids. That way you're not just someone that's going to be giving them a grade for the next 28 weeks. That's lame, right? It's it's more fun to, uh, I guess it would be more than that, right? No. I, oh, yeah, I did I did the math wrong last time, didn't I? It's not 28 weeks. It's, uh, <laughs> it's what, 48 weeks? 36? Whatever. Yeah, 36. So, Jesus, man. Look at me go doing the math wrong last time. Not a math teacher. I'll put that in the description for the last episode. That's funny. Um, and then so something that I like to do, one specific thing that I do um, every year is I have this activity called Music Is with the kids. Jesus, I can't believe I said nine times four is 28 last week. And, I, and then I was talking about how much I liked math. Jesus, look at me go. Um <laughs> It's fine. I'm recording this one right after the last one. It's 3.07 a.m. It's great. So uh, one activity that I love doing with my kids week one is called the music is activity. So I have a big whiteboard and I get a bunch of post-its. I hand a post-it to every kid and have them pull out a pencil, pen, marker, whatever. It doesn't matter. And I have them. Um, I, I write on the board right in the right in the middle of the whiteboard. I write music is dot, dot, dot or ellipses. Everyone says dot, dot, dot these days, right? Or just for all days. Um, and I tell the kids, I say, just complete the sentence. Whatever music is to you. Um, you know, 
Just, just complete it. Music is blank. And these kids, even at 11 years old, they come up with some really, really mature answers. And a point that I always like to make with the kids with chorus is that not a single person writes music is a collection of notes and rhythms on a page that I read and sing at a concert. Not a single kid does that, right? They say music is calming. Music is beautiful. Music is super hype. Music is something I do with my friends. Music is something that I like to do with my family. Music. Some kids put stuff that's really deep, like music is life. Music is the reason I like coming to school. Music is what keeps me going, right? These are all things that help me see intrinsically what's really motivating the kids when they come into my classroom. And it's really powerful. So whatever that happens to be with your subject area, do it. You know, say history is, right? Math is, English is, right? Just give them a post-it and say, you've got 20 seconds, write down the longest word you can think of. And whoever gets the longest word correct spelling wins the lollipop tomorrow or whatever. Just, just do that. It's fun. It's a fun little game with the kids. And it also gives you a little bit of a bar, right? If you, if, and if kids just refuse to do it, that also shows you a lot with, all right, well, maybe when I make my seating chart, this kid seemed a little reserved. They're not feeling it day one, day two. Let's, let's try to put them somewhere where they can feel comfortable. Um, yeah. Oh, first week teachers don't stay all night, please. Don't be the teacher walking out with a glorified wheelbarrow out to your car at 10 PM, hoping that someone will notice. I promise you working longer does not mean better. Efficiency is key when you are, when you're working in the school system and your mental health should not be taking a toll, especially that early on in the year. It's okay. It, it, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And that first week is so draining. If you go home and fall asleep at 7.30 p.m. and sleep straight through, I am so proud of you. I, I promise you I am. Just because you are taking the video on your phone saying, guess who's the last one here? Custodians had to kick me out. So dedicated. It's it's not just dedication. I, I know that it seems like that. However, no one is giving you a prize. You are not going to be singled out at the next faculty meeting and say they work so, so hard. And if you do get singled out like that, all that that's teaching the other teachers in the room is that that's what administration thinks a hard worker is, when in fact, showing them how efficient you can be is way more important than taking all that time at school. Go home, especially if you have a family. Go see your family. It's okay. I promise. Imposter syndrome is going to kick in a lot. First week, I know it always does for me. Um, there's there's going to be a rough day. You're going to go home, and you're going to you're you are going to reevaluate everything that you thought. There's going to be one class that you're going to say, "How am I going to get through this?" They are crazy. I I don't know if I have the energy for it. I I am not meshing with them. That's okay. Once again, it's okay to not be okay, right? Imposter syndrome gets the better of me every single time. It happens near the ends of years. I'll have concerts and a song won't go great. And I'll say, man, I suck. Like, man, I am the worst music teacher I have ever seen in my life. Everyone else is better than me. I should just quit because I'm doing these kids a disservice. Happens to me all the time. I promise you, you are just in your own head. 
And if you really think that you're that bad, have someone sit in and watch you. Because I guarantee they're going to point out some positives, they're going to point out some negatives, and don't just focus on the negatives because we always do. Be yourself. I, I hate the the whole, everyone in college is told, don't smile until Christmas. You know how many times I heard that when I was in college, don't smile until Christmas. It's BS. It just is. The kids are going to see right through it. If you're a student, you're watching this. Have you ever had one of those teachers that is just, they're clearly trying to be mean, borderline mean within the first week of school. And you're like, man, I can tell this teacher is actually kind of cool, but why are they just being a jerk to me? Like, is it because they want to be a jerk? Is it because they don't like me specifically? What's going on? No, just be yourself, teachers. Um, it, t- the whole don't smile till Christmas thing is stupid. Smile and let your kids know that you're human. It's okay to be a person. Be open and about safety issues and, and talk to students like adults. Answer any questions up front. The, the worst thing that kids... The worst thing you can do for kids is baby them. Now, obviously, if they're kindergartners, they're they probably going to be babied. They won't even realize it. But even at the middle school level and definitely the high school level, don't pretend like you have all of the answers and that they shouldn't be asking any more questions. It's okay if they have a question. A kid might ask a really, really good question about like, hey, I noticed the door handle's kind of jiggly. Is that something that... It, it's like that and we shouldn't be worried or, or what. And it's okay to be honest with them and say, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm putting in a work order for it. I totally get it. I'm so glad that you brought it up because now that helps me when I go to administration and ask to get my door handle fixed. Right. Um, and, and, and that puts the kids at, at a lot more ease, especially when talking to them about procedures like code red drills. If it's the first time they've had to do it and fire drills and all of these various things talk, just talk about procedures, right? And, and sometimes you can, with little classroom procedures and classroom rules, I like to have the kids buy in to my classroom. And so we talk about classroom rules. I'll put them up on the board and I'll say, what other rooms should we have? What other rules should we have? I have some rules that I'll go through in a second for my classroom, but then we also make some with each class. A lot of those dealing with things like respect and raising your hand and talking and things like that. So some procedures that work for me. This is just a, some tips for teachers. Uh, I have a folder shelf, I guess it would be called, a bunch of folder slots. It holds 100 different half-inch binders. And my students keep their binders in those folder slots. Generally, I keep those slots for the advanced students because they're the ones that are doing a lot more of the sight reading and written work. But then if I have a small enough amount of students, sometimes I'll have them pair up and then different classes will have different pairs that can help each other, things like bell work. And that's, we call them the bell work binders. The students have to have those. And that's the first grade of the year. Easiest grade of all time bring in a binder. We start on a Monday. Friday afternoon is when I expect you to have a half-inch binder, and if you can't get one, I will provide one for you. I usually have some ordered from the warehouse over the summer, and we're going to make sure that your name is on there along with your partner if you have one. And that's it. Having your binder is your first grade. You have 100 in the class. Good for you. Make sure your grading system is clear. 
I can't tell you how many teachers get in hot water because their grading system is kind of iffy. Make sure it's in the syllabus and make sure that the parents and students acknowledge the syllabus. Google Forms are a godsend. Just send out a, you can put the syllabus on paper for anyone that wants it, but for the most part, send it out in an email, tell the parents, hey, here's a Google Form. You need to go on and click it and it's just going to be simple questions. What's your student's name? What is your name? Is your email up to date? Please put your email in here. The one that you want to match on our system is called Skyward. Does it match with the school? Are you sure? Awesome. Did you read the syllabus? Yes or no? They have to click yes. And then it's done. And then when it comes through and they say, I didn't realize that this was the grading policy. Yes, you did. You signed the thing. Guess what? I know they didn't read it. We don't read the iTunes terms and agreements either. But at the very least, you have something to hold against them. If they say they didn't read it, that's on them. And parents, that's on you. Just read it. Read the syllabus. My syllabus is like two pages, like for the whole year. And it's got the concert dates on it. Lucky you. Um, <laughs> put grades in as zeros. I'm, I'm a firm believer on this. You might disagree with me. But if your school allows it, put grades in as zeros. If the students didn't try. My grading policy is on projects, especially if you tried, if you showed up and you did what you were supposed to do and you completely bombed it and you met none of the requirements, but you at least were there and present and you turned something in, the lowest I will give you is a 50%. 50 is still not good, but it's a heck of a lot better than a zero, especially with my musical theater projects. If you get up there with your group and you completely bombed, your grade is going to go down a little bit from a 50. It's going to go down a lot of it with a zero. So at the very least, holding kids accountable and saying, all right, did you try? and failed miserably, it's okay. Lowest I'm going to give you is a 50. But if you just didn't try at all, I don't believe that a kid that just doesn't try deserves the same grade as someone that did try and, and didn't get anything done, right? Backpacks stay at the front of the room where kids can see it but not touch it. This is really important for me, especially with a big class. I don't like kids having backpacks at their seat. It's at the front on the whiteboard. I am facing the kids. The backpacks are behind me and they can see it. That way they know no one's messing with it, but they also can't be rooting around for whatever snacks they get sent with. I have my kids hold up a one for water and a two for bathroom. That way I can just look at them and nod because there's nothing worse than being on a roll as a teacher and someone raises their hand to use the bathroom. It's the worst, especially when it creates the chain reaction of kids. If I just nod at kids and they just stand up and go, there's much less likely to be that chain reaction of every kid needing to use the bathroom. Unless it's right after lunch, then good luck. The students get um, the door only if it's a member of their class. So if you peek through, we even have these privacy windows, but you can kind of see through them from the inside. So I let kids go get the door if there's a knock because probably someone is coming back from water or bathroom. But if they look out and it's not a kid that's in their class, even if it's another student that they know, I go get the door. So if it's from their class, they get it. If it's not, I get it. That's kind of the rule. They can point and they can tell me to go get the door and I will go get the door because it's a safety reason. Routines are key. Leave the room and come back if they can't do the correct routine at the start. I know that even, even at the high school level, if, if the students are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you can even make a joke about it. Be like, all right, we got to treat you like fourth graders now. Time to leave the room and come back in. We'll do that until we're done. I know it seems childish. However, you do it a few times and they never want to do it again. Ask the kids what they prefer to be called and stick to it when doing roll call. 
write it down. I am the worst with names and I will, and it's okay to mess up names. Do your best. Try to say their name. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Hopefully they're not a jerk about it. Some kids will be a jerk about it. It's okay. Um, but like stick to what they want to be called. Right. And don't, and don't get flustered when they correct you in a rude tone. Just do your best to do, to do better next time. It's not, it's not a huge ego blow. It, it shouldn't be a huge ego blow. Um, parents, please send kids with a folder that they should just dump anything that looks important to give them a folder, a little 50 cent folder from Walgreens and say, if a teacher hands you something that looks kind of sort of important, put it in the folder and give it to me after it makes their life a lot easier. You can label it important stuff because everything is going to be coming home. A lot of schools give these folders out anyway, and the kids can just add to it. But you're going to get so much info that first week. If their shots are up to date, if they need a physical, all the syllabi from different teachers, consent forms, gym clothes, order forms, it'll all be sent home. All of it's going to come home at once. So just make sure, make sure that it gets back to you. Set a home routine. Talk every single day. Don't ask what happened that day, the the generic, so how was school today? Parents, say it with me. What are they going to say? Oh, what did you do at school today? I don't know. Or nothing. Right? That's what that's what they do. So you did nothing all day. You sat there and literally did nothing. It was the first day of school. You haven't seen your friends in months. And I don't know. You don't know what you did? <laughs> you didn't talk to anyone? You were just a zombie? Probably. Because you've been staying up too late playing video games. Guilty. Or making podcasts. Um, but ask for a positive and a negative. I know that it's generic, but make make your students be specific. This becomes really important into later teen years. I, I hear about a lot of parents that say, well, I got so used to my middle schooler coming home and wanting to talk my ear off about what they did. And then they got into high school and they got more sheltered. And now I don't really know how to approach it, right? If you as the parent parental figure in the house take the time to physically ask hey give, give me a pause real quick even if it's just in passing if you need to you know, do the sit down family dinner you know hey give me a positive and negative right i don't know any positive or negative oh well okay and then and then you you have to harp it's probing questions this is a teacher tactic say okay well what about what about english today i know you had english today how was english it was all right. Well, what did you learn about? Give me one thing you learned about today. And those are things that you just have to keep prying, right? Even if they give you the, ugh, I don't want to talk to you about it. No, no, no. Make, be like, no, give, give me one thing. That's fine. And then they'll begrudgingly do it the first couple times and eventually it'll become a habit. And then maybe you get into high school and maybe we as the parents, maybe we start slipping on asking and then it turns around. And then the kids want to tell you about their day because they've been conditioned to tell you about their day, which is nice. feels good as a parent to know what your kids are doing. Uh, all right, students, get to know your teachers, but please be patient with them. You only have to learn seven teachers' names and know seven teachers' personalities. I, I have 210 students in chorus next year, right? About... 80 of them will be brand new to me, probably more, but we'll call it a hundred because theater class. So if there's a hundred new names to me and you only have to learn my name, right? That that's hard for us. 
don't do the awkward thing where you're walking up to your teachers and being like, do you know my name yet? Because chances are they don't. Um, we generally know the kids that stand out as really, really good or really, really bad. Quote, bad. I don't believe there's like bad, bad kids. But, you know, kids that maybe aren't making the greatest decisions first week. And so just just be patient with them. If they mispronounce your name, just keep correcting them in a polite way. They've known you for three days. They're, they're going to mess up your name, especially if it's spelt in a really exotic way like a lot of your names out there are. That's great. Lo- I love it. I'm glad your name is, is really unique. However, if you keep correcting the teachers, they are eventually going to get it. And it's okay to you know maybe leave them a little note with like a spelling pronunciation help or give them a helpful tip because that goes a long way to building a relationship with your teachers. Make one friend in every class, but don't feel like that they have to be your best friend for life. Okay. Um, that That's the big thing is I think we're all a product of our surroundings. And so if you make a friend day one, and then it turns out that like, they're not the greatest friend, you don't have to be their best friend after that. It's not a pick a friend day one and stick with it for the rest of your life. You don't have to. Find your people. At the very least, a friend can turn into an acquaintance, and maybe you're just friendly with that person, but you're not a friend. And then for students, compartmentalize. The whole first week is super, super overwhelming, okay? Make a list of classes that you feel are going to be challenging and focus on those to start. Find ways to make those classes more fun while still learning, obviously, When I say make them fun, that doesn't mean goof off with your friends and learn less. That's going to make the class harder. But if you know that traditionally you struggle in history class because memorization, let's be honest, history class is a lot of names and dates and things like that that are hard to remember. So try your best to focus on getting better at those things, whether it's making flashcards or whatever. Because even if you're focusing really hard on history and you end up falling behind on practicing your scales for band, If you know that you enjoy the learning process in band, but you don't for history, it's going to be a lot easier to focus up and get back into the swing of practicing for band than it is for for history. So I wanted to keep it under 30 minutes for this episode, and we did, which is fantastic. I appreciate all of you guys for sticking with me. It's three episodes in, hopefully a ton more to go. Next week, next episode, whatever it may be, I'm probably going to be talking about our classroom management skills for teachers because we're still earlier on in the year. And as we know, if you struggle with classroom management, everything else is just never going to fall into place correctly for you, right? So... I hope next it's going to be a little bit more of a helpful tips and tricks for teachers as I've been trying to do in these first couple. As a reminder, um, as per usual, if you want to be on the podcast, the email for me is in the description. Please feel free to send me an email anytime asking to be on the show, or even if you just want to talk, I would love a review on Spotify Apple podcasts, leave a comment on YouTube, whatever it may be. Everything helps. I'm just a, just a teacher trying to hang out and talk with you guys, however you choose to listen. 
So anyway, that'll do for uh, for this podcast. And uh, have a good one. Mm-hmm.